No, I didn't even lick. know what a nacho was, people. <laughs> I'm not even kidding you. Yeah. We used to call them nachos. Nachos. Mm. And, and jalapenos and instead of yeah. jalapeno. Yeah. It's yeah. embarrassing. Yeah. I didn't know Mexican food. I didn't know the language. I knew yeah. nothing. Yeah. Nothing. We could stay in the country, but we couldn't work. There weren't work visas. So we were like, okay, we can't fly home. We don't have some church here to support us. <laughs> it worked like this. We spend anywhere from four to six hours a day in praise and worship. Yes. That's how it worked. Yep. Every day. Okay. Because we had no food and at times no electricity. Yep. So we did what prophets do. Welcome to Along the Way. I'm John Matarazzo, your host and fellow traveler. Thank you for joining me along my way as I try to become more like Jesus every day. The goal of Along the Way is to identify the moments in life that Jesus really is walking with us and trying to get our attention. But just like the disciples along the way to Emmaus, we are missing those moments that our hearts are burning within us. I want us to be able to identify those moments, learn from others, and apply those lessons to our lives so that we don't miss the blessings God has for us along the way in our life's journey. In 2009, I had the opportunity of a lifetime to attend a school for radio broadcasting in Cape Town, South Africa. It was a life-defining season for me, but for the four years leading up to that school, I felt like my dream was constantly slipping away and that I would never make it to that school. Let me explain why I say that. When I was starting my missionary career in 2003, I went to a youth with a mission school outside of Pittsburgh. After the school ended, I joined the ministry as a staff member. One night, I was all alone at the campus, flipping through a physical copy of the University of the Nation's course catalog, where I saw the School for Radio Broadcasting at Media Village in Kalk Bay, South Africa. The course description seemed to jump off the page at me, and my heart started racing. I strongly felt that I was supposed to go to that school. But doubt almost immediately took over and I realized that I didn't know anyone from South Africa or anyone who had even been to South Africa, let alone someone who had been to that school that I could ask questions. I said a little throwaway prayer of, I would like to visit there or talk to someone who has been there before I decide to commit to the school. Then I forgot about it, but God didn't forget. The next year, I had an opportunity to fly to Cape Town on an unrelated ministry trip, and I was actually able to visit the Media Village campus and talk to the school director in person. God had brought me halfway around the world because of a prayer that I didn't even remember that I prayed. I tried to sign up for the next class of the radio school, but it was scheduled for a time that I couldn't make it, and that disappointment cycle kept happening for another four years. I thought I would never get to go. When I would get discouraged, I would constantly remind myself that God is good and He wouldn't bring me halfway around the world on a forgotten prayer just to tease me. Four years later, in 2009, I finally was able to attend this school and ended up being the top producer of the class as well as the top student. On my flight back home to Pittsburgh from my radio school, looking out the window, I had a moment with God where I asked, why did it take four years of frustration for me to finally do the school? I felt God respond to me saying, you weren't ready four years ago. I wanted you to be the top student and you weren't ready then, but you were now. What I had thought was a delay or even punishment was actually God setting me up to be all that He wanted me to be for that season. 
I actually was awarded the top student trophy from that school, and I still have it displayed on my shelf as a reminder of God's faithfulness and His calling on my life into media. My guests for this episode were also obedient to what God was calling them to, even when it didn't quite make sense. But they knew that God wouldn't move them halfway around the world just to tease them either. I have gotten to know Craig and Colette Toach through the Charisma Podcast Network. They and their Next Gen Profits team have grown their podcast over 100,000 downloads too. In this podcast, we talk about the prophetic, hearing God's voice, and radical obedience. By the end of this episode, you will be able to hear God speak to you as Colette guides you. You don't want to miss a moment of this powerful and really fun interview with Craig and Colette Toach. I'll get to our conversation in just a moment, but I want to thank you for listening to Along the Way. All of my episodes and social links are available on my website, alongtheway.media. All of the links from this episode will be in the show notes. And now, here's my Along the Way conversation with Craig and Colette Toach. Well, I have the privilege and honor today to be with Craig and Colette Toach of the Next Gen Prophets, who I have gotten to know over the last year or so, really since I came to Charisma Media to work with the podcast network. They have a phenomenal podcast called the Next Gen Prophets, and um, you guys are actually here in person in Orlando, not over Zoom. There is nothing. There's no screens separating us. There's just a strange configuration of a room that we've had to commandeer to make sure that we could actually do this podcast. It is a privilege and an honor to be with you guys in person. We got to have lunch the other day, and uh, so it's been great to get to work with you guys with the podcast network Mm -hmm. over Zoom and Mm -hmm. from a distance. This is much better. This is better than Zoom. There's no delay. Yeah, Yeah. It's just like the message comes right across. Definitely. You reach out to shake hands and you hit a glass screen. You know, now we actually got to, you know, shake hands and it was great. It is. It's very good. Very good. Well, I am honored that you guys would be able to give me some time to allow me to join you along your way uh, Mm -hmm. with my podcast and kind of answer the questions that I have for you about how God has led you to where you are today. Um, And I love your accents. I mean, I spent spent three months during my radio school in Cape Town, South Africa. So Mm -hmm. just hearing your accents, even though you're not from Cape Town, Uh um, but it still just kind of brings me back and gives me those warm feelings on the inside. You know, because this is, for me, this is something that God has kind of continually bringing around in my life is that Mm -hmm. that South Africa connection that Mm -hmm. God was faithful with me, bringing me to that radio school in 2009, which that is something that set me up for what God's having me do now. Amen. So so, what you're saying is good things come out of South Africa. Absolutely. Absolutely. Yes. Very, very cool. He's just got in our good books even more. Yes. Thanks for having us us on your show, John. Thanks, John. I just love the collaboration, you know, just even as we've grown together in the podcasting network, just this collaboration Mm. to grow the kingdom together. This is the way it needs to be done. And you guys just started your podcast this year. Mm-hmm. Yep. 1st of January, yep. yeah. Wow. And you hit 100,000 downloads. Mm-hmm. We um, did. What was the date that you hit 100,000 downloads? It was last Wednesday, I believe. Yeah. Yeah. So the beginning of November. So uh-huh. November yeah, it was 1st. Just, just yeah. on November 10 months. Yeah. Just so on that is months. really cool. Congratulations Thank on you so that. Much. So I do want to talk about your podcast, mm-hmm. but I want to back up right now okay. and get into your story mm-hmm. because. 
I mean, you didn't wake up just one day and say, oh, we're going to start this ministry and we're going to start this podcast. I mean, God has led you along mm-hmm. the way. Yep. He has. And I want to hear, I mean, because obviously he led you guys together. So we're mm-hmm. going to take some turns, you know, how you guys, you know, your yep. side of the story, Craig, and your yep. side of the story, Colette. Mm-hmm. And then we'll work together at that point. Okay. But um, I want to hear, Colette, let's start with you, how God has led you to where you are today. Okay. Well, I'm one of those uh, PKs, those pastors' kids. I come from a couple of generations of uh, not just Christians, but one of those holy roller, spirit-filled, shouting Pentecostal Christians. You know, yeah. like I was, I was brought up in it. Um, holiness movement, very strong holiness movement, mm-hmm. and. Uh, I guess there was never a time I didn't know the Lord. But growing up as a pastor's kid, there was a lot of pressure on me. And not just mm-hmm. a pastor's kid. I was surrounded by evangelists. So it was pastors, it was evangelists, it was fire, it was holiness. And with that came a certain expectation of mm. perfection. Mm. That, uh, well, this little prophetic child uh-huh. never quite matched up to. Uh-huh. And so there just came a time in my life when I hit about like 15, 16, where I just had enough. I was just, I was tired of being the PK. Mm-hmm. I was running far away from that whole church, religion, Christian thing as I could possibly be. But I love Jesus. You see, I was conflicted. Sure. So I had a real intimate relationship with Jesus. But I, so I sat him down. I'm like, okay, Jesus, we got to talk. See, this this whole <laughs> Christian church thing, I just, I, I can't do it anymore. So I just need you to sit there for a bit. Uh-huh. And I need to go figure this out by myself. Okay. And so he was gracious. He was real sweet. You know, he, he let me go my own way or so I thought. Um. I went and found myself a waitressing job in a steakhouse, much like Applebee's here okay, in South sure. Africa, called Spur Steakhouse. For mm-hmm. any of my South African yep, friends listening, exactly you is. know the type, you know the uniform I wore. And yes, I still managed to bump into this man here who thought I was actually attractive in that ridiculous uniform. Okay, so you got to describe this uniform for the people that don't know, because that's that's uh, that's excluding a lot of people. So you got to describe yeah, okay, this thing okay. now. Okay, so it was it was you know your typical you know your denim jeans. But then was this striped shirt, this red and white striped shirt. I had this weird hat. And then they had the braces. You know the kind that hold up your pants? Uh-huh, the suspenders. Yeah, yeah suspenders. the suspender yeah. things. Mm-hmm. So we had that on as well. And you had to spe- tuckle your hair up in the cap. I just looked like such a dork. <laughs> <laughs> I really, really did. we got to wear jeans. we got to wear, wear jeans. So, okay. so, so yeah, we, we ended up bumping into each other. And the reason why I loved him so much at first sight was mm-hmm. because he was everything but a Christian. Oh boy. <laughs> he he was a metalhead, he had long hair, he smoked, he was just so way out there. I thought this is my ticket out of the church. Wow. Yeah. So you were rebellious, oh, definitely. I was like I thought this was the way to go, but um But you still loved Jesus. Yes, I did. I but loved you Jesus. didn't love his church. Yes. Okay. All the prophets out there go, hmm, I understand. Yeah. <laughs> Why? Because the system made it impossible for me to express my love for Jesus. Mm-hmm. I had to perform in a certain way. And you had to go out and get somebody saved every Sunday or you weren't half a Christian. Mm. And then you, you had to abide by all the holiness rules. And I was just like, I, was, I just had a relationship with him. Yeah. I just knew him face to face and he spoke to me and I spoke to him and somehow that just wasn't enough. Mm-hmm. I had to perform and as a young child, especially as a pastor's kid, you're having to perform all the time. I just never matched up. And you told me that you played drums mm-hmm. and all kinds of stuff. So you yeah. were 
it was like a works mentality is that oh, very works? much very so. much okay. very very much so i mean you must know um the the upc the, the whole pentecostal yeah. environment yeah. you know you don't wear nail polish you know you don't you don't wear pants you you know this is kind of a bit of the upbringing that i was okay. brought in the rules it was all about the rule of religion it wasn't about relationship at all and mm. everybody else seemed to get it except for me mm. i just seemed to fumble and bumble through that i just didn't seem to roll with it so was this an internal struggle or was it external as well? Like other people knew this was going on and or was it like something where you just like one day people were like, what happened to Colette? Pretty much. Okay. Yes. Pretty much one day I just decided that's it. I'm done. I can't do this. My parents had been through a divorce. Mm. My life was a mess. Everything that I'd been taught just didn't seem to hold water. All these doctrines didn't do anything for my circumstance. All I had was a relationship with Jesus and that's what I continued to cling to. So your parents had a divorce, mm-hmm. but you were a PK. So I'm mm-hmm. sure that, that was a very difficult season. It was a devastating season. Yeah. It was humiliating. Yeah. Because my dad was teaching at a church at the time. Yeah. So you must know it's embarrassing. It's shameful. It's it's heartbreaking. It's like okay, so if you abide by all the rules, shouldn't well shouldn't things go well with you in this mm-hmm. life? Mm-hmm. Why are we poor? Why are my parents divorced? Why don't I have any friends at school? Why is my life in shambles if we obeyed all the rules? Mm. Why don't they work for me? Wow. Who hasn't asked that question, I think? I, I, I mean, I grew up in a, in a church, and I was the good Christian kid. And I've asked a lot of those same questions, too. That's very mm. relatable. Mm. That's very relatable. And for me, I'm glad that God stopped me from you know working at a at a steakhouse and having to wear a ridiculous <laughs> uniform i did work at wendy's but that wasn't out of rebellion that was because i need to pay for my own car yeah. but, um, yep, yep. so you met craig at the restaurant mm-hmm. but he was everything the opposite of mm. what people thought that you should want oh he was imagine all the rules i ever grew up with he was the antichrist mm. Yeah, I thought. I mean, he's in Yalapik, but now, I was but like, yeah, back yeah, yeah. there, I thought, this is it, man. This is it. This is the one easy way to break all the rules yeah. in just one date. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, 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 what rings in my head is what her dad said to her when I wasn't around. He said, he's quite a creature. Yeah, so he creature. is. You are yeah, a creature. He's a creature. Yeah, so okay. there's these creatures you're bringing around. Yeah. Yeah. Okay, so you guys went on that date. Mm-hmm. How did, did he ask you out or you were, you were really into him too, huh? You asked him out, didn't you? <laughs> you asked him out. Oh, he's going there. Yes, I was yep. the one that definitely approached him. Yep. I was like, yeah, all right, let's do this thing. And he was sweet. He agreed and came along for the ride. Uh-huh. And um, It was worth it. Yeah, I think so. <laughs> and then, uh, yeah, on that first date, yeah. I took him, you know, we... I took him home quickly. He came to pick me up at the house. Okay. That's where he met my dad for the first time. But I hadn't really told yeah, him. Mm, this is where it gets good. Uh-huh. My dad was a pastor. It's like, the, you know, you don't... You know, girls, when you're going out there looking for a guy, how many of you PKs are like, yeah, my dad's a pastor? No. Mm-mm-mm-hmm. No. Yeah. That's not what you lead with. No. Uh-uh. So, I just accidentally forgot to tell him my dad was a pastor until just before we stepped yeah, through yeah, the yeah, door. Accidentally, yeah. air quotes, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. All right, yeah. so Craig, what were you thinking at this time? <laughs> well, I mean, let me, you know, yeah, so... Um, we How did you get to become a metalhead? Right, let's let so, me go, let's well, back up and do that first. Good, yeah. yeah, you know, 
I grew up in South Africa and it's a, you know, we, we were introduced to God consciousness. I want to say God consciousness in, in a lot of what we did. You know, uh, there was, you know, uh, scripture reading and prayer in schools. Um, you know, Mondays was a, 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 a time of worship. There would be a service kind of thing where somebody would say something biblical in and a public school in a public school really? so you know we were kind of we learned of god and the bible but nobody ever took it the next level where you know that's mm-hmm. the difference between just being godly and then going to be god you know knowing jesus yeah, and, yeah. and so for me i mean i grew up in that kind of environment but it didn't mean much you know the bible's like just another textbook or a history book that you kind of read kind of thing mm-hmm. with cool stories and miraculous things happening within it and, uh, and so I grew up in that environment, tried out scouts to also try and feel good and trying to, you know, make something of my life and uh, went through high school and just everything didn't seem right. So I found a way to make myself handle life and that was music. Hmm. So what would happen is, I mean, if I had a really bad day and I just was feeling down, well, then you know what? I'd play music and music could lift up my spirits and so the best music for that was well heavy metal okay um and i'll never forget yeah my first album was uh, iron maiden <laughs> and uh, so i got my first iron maiden and it kind of worked for me and then the problem was you'd listen to all these musics especially you know uh, a lot of the heavy metal was so high up and in, intense yeah but then if you have a you know if you go clubbing and you you know hyped up what do you do so you'd listen to another music and you know you calm yourself down and that was my life really um, after it's through high school and going out of high school, and so it's um, like music was a drug. It for was you. a drug. It yeah. was my god. Let's put it where it's at. Yeah. Music became my god, um, and so that's how it was. And of course, we went to. I started uh, same with you know for you was I, I needed. I was going to college, so I needed gas to uh, mm-hmm. to get to college with my car. I was actually my mom and I were sharing a car, um, so I was I had half half ownership of it. So, but I had to pay my way. So that's that's one thing. So smokes and 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 petrol money was what I needed. So I got this job, mm-hmm. uh, and of course. That was all I was going to try and do. I was just trying to get through that. And, of course, I met her one Saturday afternoon. And uh, the funny thing was, she was what they call a... Start, she was starting off. Okay. Um, and so she was <laughs> under another waiter and right, they were right. doing their thing. And I don't know, he was, I, I don't know, he was trying to be smart and he was trying to act like a metalhead and he really wasn't. And I just couldn't handle that because, you know, maybe it was the prophet and the black white thing. But <laughs> so I stepped in and kind of. By, by black or white, yeah, you mean right, wrong. Right, wrong. Yeah. Or, you know, you either not a racial or you're thing. not it. No, yeah. no, 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 no. So it was, uh, you know, you either you either are a metalhead and you talk about metal or you're not a metalhead don't talk about metal so yeah. you know that was kind of the thing and he was trying to give her all this advice and trying to tell her something and it was like absolutely wrong so i just stepped in there and kind of gave my little two cents worth and gapped it um but through that we kind of got this relationship going and ha- turned out we hanged out in the same group of mm-hmm. course misfits and metalheads <laughs> yeah. um and we went to clubbing a few times, and at the time, actually, and this is what she left out was I was <laughs> oh, I was going out I was going out with another girl at the time, and even though um, I wasn't Christian, I wanted to have dignity in you know dating girls. You know, mm-hmm. I'd seen the scene, and I'd seen how many people got hurt in the scene of sure. you know four or five girlfriends and sleeping around, and I really tried not to fall into that because I wanted to just keep some kind of moral yeah you know (laughs) dignity um that it just didn't work out so even she i knew i I was attracted to her i really wanted to go out with her but i was going out with this other girl and i thought you know what Mm -mm -mm. little that i know just to fast forward she was 
the cheating on me. I was so naive and ignorant. I didn't know that. She did. And there was this whole thing going on. And uh, one night I found out and I was just down and out and it was like, okay, what the heck is going on? You know? So one night Colette actually approached me. We're in the middle of um, waiters, uh, being in, in, you know, being waiters. And uh, she said to me, listen, I really like you. I know you like me. Do you want to make something of this? You know, do you want to start going out? But it's got to be serious. And I must admit, I was just crying out to anything and saying, uh-huh. Lord, you know, just saying, listen, I really want something serious. I don't want this messing around thing. And so it was an answer to a prayer. Little did I know what that was at the time. But And so we started going out. Fast forward, we start going out. And that's where, you know, we're going to meet the Father. And uh-huh. I'm trying to be at my best behavior. I've got a Metallica jump out of the fire t-shirt, which if everybody knows about it, it's the demon coming out of hell. Oh, okay. Yeah. But, you know, so, so you got, ca- I've got this. I've got my, yeah. yeah, I've got my long hair down to the, halfway down my back. Okay. Um, I've got black, what we call stovepipe jeans at the time. So those were as tight as you can get them. You know, the 80s, 90s, you know, as tight as you could get them. That was cool. So right 12. now you're you're creating a picture that is, is very different is, from is, what I'm seeing right yes. now. So in this, front is, of this, me. Is, yeah. this is what I'm. This is what I'm. This is where I was at at the time. I've got Doc Martens 12 ups with a hand grenade pin and a bullet shell hanging off the back. Okay, so this is I'm going to club afterwards. So this yeah. is I'm, yeah. I'm, I'm 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 at my best. You know, I've got my image on, and so we're walking through the door. Her father was barbecuing in the backyard, and we, as we walk through the sliding door, she leans over to me quietly and says, "Oh, by the way, my dad." It's a pasta. <laughs> so, now how long have you guys been together? This would be about, be about a month, month maybe. Yeah. Not about too a month, long. About a month. So, enough that that could have come up in conversation. You see what I'm saying? Yeah. Oh, so, that yes, was not going to yeah. come no, up no, in no, conversation. So, anyway, so yes, so I walk through the sliding door knowing that she's just dropped this bombshell on me. And here I am the epitome of everything that a pastor hates mm. and, and doesn't want near his, his daughter. So I'm like, great, here I go. So, well, it worked out well. He, he let me carry on seeing her. So something must have happened. All the Holy Ghost had something in, in motion, which <laughs> later he did. Yes. Fast forward a little bit longer, and um, we went to visit one night, and uh, I don't know if it was her father's planning or the Holy Spirit, but we split up and she went with her stepmom at the time to go and make a supper. And I was sitting talking to her dad and he pulled out his guitar and he started, he wanted to play some of his songs. And I'm like, well, I, you know, I'm into Slayer, Metallica, yeah, you know, yeah. Megadeth, all these cool groups. Um, I'll humor you, uh-huh. you know, play a few songs. That's fine. You know? And, um, as he started to play, there was something about that music that was completely different to anything I'd ever heard. Hmm. And I realized that he had something that I had been crying out for the whole time and why I'd got into metal. And that was, I wanted to have somebody hear me. You know, I've Hmm. said it so often. It's like when you're not saved, it's like there's this blackness around you and you cry out and just nobody listens. Nobody Mm -hmm. hears you. You know, you, you see, it's like you're standing in the middle of this, uh, busy party and everybody's having fun and you screaming out for help and everybody just carries on doing what they're doing and you just never get that help you know you go to bed at night and after going clubbing and keeping myself uh you know energized and what yeah, have you yeah. you go to bed and you climb into bed and it's pitch black and there's just nothing there it's you mm-hmm. know you reach out and nothing reaches back and that that just that continual feeling of that was just mm-hmm. overwhelming and when he played these songs for the first time I felt something different in those songs. I mean, they wow. weren't professional or wow or anything, but he had a conversation with this 
guy Jesus that I'd read so much about in the Bible, but hmm, for the first time, this Jesus was real. He, hmm. he spoke about Jesus and his relationship with Jesus, and, and he had words that Jesus spoke back to him, and there was this something there that I'd been seeking, and it's like God used my need for music to reach him, and it was so beautiful because that night is when I actually gave my heart to the Lord, and okay, her father was very intense, so he, he got me saved, told me I was a prophet, married us in the spirit, and then told us we would have an international ministry and that our children would go with us. This all is all the same, the same night. night. Same night. Um, and prayed for me for tongues, which didn't happen that night a few nights later, at the, but for diverse tongues. So that'll happen on the first night. Do you okay. see? Do you understand me now, John? I can see why you wanted to run as far away from that as possible. Oh my gosh. You get this guy that is the complete opposite of everything that you've grown up to say that this is what Colette should have. And then you bring him home thinking, I'm good, you know, yeah, I'm yeah. gonna show I'm this I'm this rebel yeah. and then your dad gets him saved and so prophesies over him. Yep, and so. what's going on with you at this point? I was mad. Yeah. I was like, Jesus, you and I did not have this conversation before. You didn't even warn me. You didn't even let me know. I'm rebellious here uh-huh. what part of rebellion was not clear to you oh my gosh and it's like you know god has always pursued me mm-hmm. you know the scripture so says that i called you from your mother's womb yeah and i think in that moment and the moments that followed i really got what that mm. meant he picked me out he chose me before i chose him and that's why I love him so very mm-hmm. much. You see, if you're looking for the heart of the prophet, that's it right there. God yeah. finds us in our emptiness, in he our does. loneliness, in our brokenness, and he pursues us in that brokenness. And even though I grew up knowing him, he still pursued me mm-hmm. in a way he didn't pursue my father, in a way he didn't mm-hmm. pursue the rest of my family. And it took me a while to get that I was chosen, mm-hmm. yeah. that he handpicked me. So you know, I'm sure you can relate, you know, growing up in a Christian home, you you have those thoughts are, am I just here because of my mom or my dad mm-hmm. or my grandparents? You know, am I just standing on this pulpit or on the worship band just, well, it's because I was raised to be mm-hmm. that. And it's kind of like I felt almost like an excuse, you know, like, well, it's my parents thing. But in that moment, I started to realize that he was the lover of my soul mm-hmm. and he was pursuing me. And actually, it took Craig to pull me back. Yeah into that connection with the Lord. And that has actually continued to be the foundation of the ministry that we now have together yeah. Yeah. of bringing others into that reality and that intimacy mm-hmm. with Christ. Amen. Yeah, I want to talk about that in just a mm-hmm. second, but I kind of want to use something that you just said as a segue to mm-hmm. kind of explain what the prophetic is, mm-hmm. because there's a lot of misunderstandings of that. And I yes. think, Craig, the experience that you had mm-hmm. where you just got saved, you had a prophetic word over you on that same <laughs> night. Um, there was a couple other things that, that happened there. Yeah. You as a brand new saved person had no clue what was going on. I think you're the perfect person to explain what the prophetic is for somebody that doesn't know what's going on. So can you tell us about that experience and then we can kind of go into what God has called you guys into and how you guys Amen. got to Mexico and all this crazy stuff. But I, yeah, Craig, can you can you answer that? You know, if I was to say it, I'm getting 
Yeah, I mean, that night I gave my heart to the Lord and told all this stuff. I mean, I didn't know what prophecy was. I didn't know speaking in tongues. I didn't know gifts of the Spirit. You know, that was nothing on my radar that I didn't know. But if I was to say what really a prophet is, is the heart that defines the prophet. And that is a heart to belong, a heart to help others who are hurt, who are battling to find their place. Mm. You know, the prophet is that. He's there to facilitate and to help bring the body of Christ, bring those on the outside into a fold where they can find their place and know that they're called of God and that Jesus loves them. You know, that's the thing. It's like for me, um, from that moment, even I didn't know up until then, I was seeking a face-to-face relationship with Jesus. Mm. That was, and I think that's in everybody's nature per se at one point or another, or at one uh, desire you know, is a face-to-face relationship with the Lord. We want to know our Creator. We want to know that He speaks to us and that, you know, we can speak to Him and He's going to answer us. And and that really is, I'd say, the core of what a prophet is, a face-to-face yeah. relationship with the Lord. And everybody wants to have that relationship, Yeah. you know. And that's where I see so often um, those that are trying to be prophets failing because they're looking at prophesying and getting revelations. And it's like when you have the right heart, Everything else then comes mm-hmm. alongside it and adds to it and just immobilizes, empowers you to become better at it. Yeah. So, but whenever that happened to you, when this was totally brand new, that had to be something that was just blowing your mind. Oh, yeah. And I kind of want to help people <laughs> with this thing that they, they they don't understand the prophetic. Mm-hmm. And it's it's something that confuses a lot of people. Yes. Yeah. Especially if you've never experienced it, mm-hmm. if you've never had somebody give you a prophetic word or a mm-hmm. word of knowledge mm-hmm. or a word of understanding, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. word of wisdom. You know, there's so many different ways that you can express the prophetic. Yes. And it's for people that don't know for because you didn't know what that was ahead mm-hmm. of time. Mm-hmm. And Colette, you did. Mm-hmm. You knew what that you knew oh, exactly yeah. what was happening. Oh, mm-hmm. I sure did. But he didn't. So mm-hmm. what did that feel like for somebody that had no context just to help us kind of yeah. understand that context? You know, I was burdened. I'm not going to lie. Yeah. I was freaked out because, I mean, I didn't know what prophecy was. I didn't know prophetic, you know, and to be told that I was that. And I didn't even, you know, I didn't even know what a good Christian was. Mm-hmm. So, you put under this burden that um, you got to now start to perform at this higher level because, you know, to be a prophet, that means there is some kind of level. You've gone up levels. You're not just a Christian. If you've been called a prophet, that's like, you know, There's a manager or, yeah. a, you know, in a business, you're not just cleaning the floors anymore. You've got some kind of uh, clout and you need to now uphold this image and i think for me personally it was quite a burden to carry at the beginning by his grace and and that is that i did have you know her father and colette and others around me that really helped me to understand it and to to flow better in it so i didn't have it as bad as some prophets out there that when they get this calling on them and that they're kind of just out there and wondering what they need to do and they start reaching out everywhere and grabbing yeah. anything and put trying to use it and trying to find their feeting in it it's like that in itself helped me a lot and and that's what i really want prophets young prophets out there it's like don't try and just grab out there hmm. get your 
understanding of Jesus, that face-to-face relationship, start working on that first before even trying to think of being a prophet. That's Work good. on that. You know, um, I was taught journaling. Um, you know, journaling as we do it is, you know, you ask the Lord a question and you just sit and allow the words to start bubbling out in your spirit mm-hmm. and you write them down. Um, and I could do that. They taught me that very quickly. And because of that, I started to get that revelation. I started mm-hmm. to get a understanding of Jesus talking and I could ask a question and he could talk back. Um, I had those... You know, I had these giants around me, so I could mm-hmm. go to them and say, hey, listen, is this good or bad? Is this just my voice? Is this the devil speaking? What is going on? And through that, I could get that knowledge of it. And um, from there, I could make baby steps to eventually uh, prophesying in, in, in the small group and getting yeah. revelations and, you know, and, and working myself up to where I was in, in a profiting office and, and wow. what have you. So. That's, that's really cool. So I, I want to, we're going to come back to the journaling thing a little bit later. And I want to encourage people that are listening that by the end of this, you're going to actually journal what God is saying and you're going to write down, we're going to spend some time with the Lord and you're going to write that down. And then we're going to go over some steps a little bit later about how you can hear the voice of the Lord. And that's going to be your homework as, as we're doing this, this podcast episode, because I don't want you to just listen to this for entertainment purposes. This is a podcast that will help you change your life. Yes. Because we're looking for Craig and Colette's along the way moments. Mm-hmm. And there's been a few of them here. We're going to get to those yes. to those questions a little bit later. But, you know, Colette, as this was happening for Craig, mm-hmm. your rebellion is kind of getting turned around. <laughs> How did you finally just say, okay, God, have your way with me? Craig was actually the catalyst. Yeah. Um. I was in the worship band from the age of 11. I was the drummer. Uh-huh. Um, we were all very musical. My whole family's musical, so it was only a matter of time, I guess. And so through the whole rebellion, through the what I'd gone through in church, I'd been burnt a bit. Mm-hmm. I'd had some rejection. I'm a prophetic child. All the prophetic children out there, yes, it's normal to experience tons of rejection. Yeah. It's part of our process. But I didn't understand it at the time. So I just put everything God, everything church, everything worship, that's just bad. And I put the drumsticks away. And that's mm-hmm. kind of like when I shut that door. You yeah. know, because that was my expression. Playing drums was my expression, not just of worship, but by connection mm. to Jesus. Okay. That's how I experienced Him the most. And so when I put that away, it's like a shutter door, mm-hmm. you know, and I was like, no, uh-uh, I can't go back there. It hurts too much. Mm. And so when Craig got saved and he was all on fire, he found out I, well, was a drummer. <laughs> my dad still had the drum set at his house. And he said, oh, cool, come on, play for me. I mean, he's a metalhead. Of course he wants, course. I mean, his girlfriend plays the drums. He I thinks mean, it's the coolest awesome thing in the whole world. He's like, yeah, play. I'm like, oh, don't think so. <laughs> yeah, he's no, no, come on, play for me. I was like, no. And then he said, no, really, play for me. And then I'm like, this was our first fight. Oh. I said, no, I'm not going to play. And then it was on. Mm-hmm. Then it was on, because then it was a battle of wills. I should have known back then he was more stubborn than me. Mm -hmm. You know what he did? Do you know what he did to me, people? He picked me up, flung me over his shoulder, and planted me behind that drum set, put the sticks in my hand, and he said, now play. And you guys... Did get married after that. Yeah. That's, yes. Wow. By okay. His okay. Grace. No, but it was like in that moment, I remember just sitting there and I I knew what God was doing. Mm-hmm. I knew what God was doing. I don't think Craig really got the fullness of, of what that meant for mm-hmm. me. I'd shut that door. Mm-hmm. 
And I held those drumsticks and I was like, I had a choice to make. I was going to walk away for this forever or I was going to open that door again. Mm. And so I took a deep breath and I played angry for a little while. But I played Mm. and I began to play and that door, I opened that door once again. And in that moment, Jesus was there in all his fullness. I felt Mm. his presence. I felt his hand on my shoulder. And it's like all the things that were dead in me, had become dead in me, suddenly came back to life in an instant. Wow. I mean, I've been flowing in the gifts of the Spirit from a very young age, prophesying. Um, It took me longer to speak in tongues, but everything was there. And Mm -hmm. in that moment, it all just came up all Hmm. at the same time. And with it, I started to discover my own identity and my own walk with Christ. Wow. That's what opened the door. And so, Craig yeah. has always kind of be that catalyst for me <laughs> in our lives. <laughs> so, his his stubbornness matches yours, oh, and then you guys... don't let that sweet face yeah, fool you. Iron sharpens mm. iron, and there you go. Yeah. <laughs> my goodness. Sparks will fly when iron sharpens iron, oh, for sure. Oh, yes. Yeah. So, you guys got married. How long after that did you guys get married, and then... Tell me about the Mexico thing. It was actually it was about a year. Okay. Um, we dated. Uh, yep. We're engaged for about a year. Yep. We got married within two years. We had two kids. It was like boom, boom. Everything moved very, very quickly. Um, yeah. My dad, in the meantime, had gone ahead. His uh, brother was actually um, a banker, and he, my mm. dad, a programmer by trade. He flew my dad out to program his system for him, like a computer program. Uh-huh. Yep. Okay. Exactly. Uh, so a pastor and a computer programmer. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay. So, so he was, was by very, trade, very methodical, very yes, strong teacher, yes, very, okay. very intelligent. Yes. Yeah. Exactly. Self-taught. And. Yeah. Um, so, but when he was there, he knew God was sending him there for ministry. Yes. Mm. He knew it wasn't just a business opportunity. And um, at the time he was in Mexico, um, things weren't going so well with the business side and it was starting to fold. And he had started this mailing list online. You must realize this is 97, 98. Mm. Okay. He's, I mean, it's almost unheard Geo of. Cities, yeah. yeah. He started a, a mailing list and he said to, to Craig and I, he said, you know what, why don't you guys come over? God's going to do something here. God's going to do something here. So we flew over to Mexico with, by then, our one and two year old daughters. And we'd been barely married two years. Two and years. we went into full time ministry. That's where it all began with yeah. a daily prophetic word mailing list. Wow. And I hope and a dream that God was going to come through. So an email list or a physical email. mailing list? No, okay. an email list. Mm-hmm. Five wow. people, I think. We start, he started with five, but hey, back then, those were rare. Yeah. We climbed up in the thousands very, very quickly because wow. there was no daily prophetic word mailing list in 1997. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So, what jobs or what life did you give up in South Africa to move to Mexico? <laughs> well, my at the time, of course, I was pregnant, so it was all up so to So, this Craig. was with number three? No, no, no. Oh, I mean, before we lived, oh, before, for okay. those two okay. years, I I mean, I had yeah. the little ones. I wasn't, yeah, yeah. I wasn't doing anything. Um, Craig was trying to find whatever jobs he could. It was a time of recession. Mm-hmm. And um, just at the time, it had been a struggle because yep. my dad had left. We hit hard times. It was a major recession in the country. Craig couldn't find a job. We ended up living with these parents for a while. I live with my mother-in-law. It's another <laughs> episode. Training, That's yeah, another yeah. episode. So, uh, <laughs> so um, he was really battling to get a job, and we were praying, praying, praying. And then yeah. my father invites us and says, "Come, it's time. You know, would you like to come over at that time?" 
this incredible business opportunity yeah. opens up been praying for before that. us. We've been praying for a breakthrough in finances. We've been praying for a miracle. This this gentleman comes to Craig, mm-hmm. offers him an incredible job. It would en- enable us to buy our own house. We'd have a company car. From going from having to live with his parents yeah. to being set, mm-hmm. that was the choice. And at the same time, the call to go to Mexico mm. and where there was no certainty. We weren't sure we yeah. could get the financial support. We don't even know how we're going to take care of our kids. These were our two options. Yeah. So let's see. Pros and cons list. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, good job or no physical hope in future. But you think this is yeah. where God's calling you. Yeah. So, yeah. Pros and cons list. Yeah. yeah. You still go with where God leads you. Oh, of course. It isn't a choice oh, at the end of no. the day. Exactly. Yeah. It wasn't a choice. We no. didn't even need to talk. We no. just looked at each other. We both knew this was what God wanted. There yeah. was no yeah. debate. Nobody there was no heavy, deep discussion. Yeah. It was like we go with where God wants us to go, and we yeah. pay the price of this call. We didn't yeah. actually consider it a price. Mm. Yeah. You know, no. you know yeah. when, you, when you're following the leading of the Lord, I don't know about you guys, but it's like yeah. you don't. only afterwards you're like, you know, I think we paid a price. <laughs> yeah. Wow, we should have thought that through a little bit more. But yeah, I think the Lord we made the wrong choice. You know, young yeah, and yeah. passionate. Yeah, but God uses that passion, and it's kind of like it's easier to steer a moving vehicle than it is one Amen. that is just sitting exactly. parked. Exactly. So God took your passion and just willingness to go to mm-hmm. Mexico. Did you speak Spanish before? Nope. No, I didn't even lick. know what a nacho was. People, <laughs> I'm not even kidding you. Yeah. We used to call them nachos, nachos, mm. and, and, and jalapenos and instead of yeah. jalapeno. Qu- it's yeah. embarrassing. Yeah. 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 I didn't just, know Mexican food. I didn't know the language. I yeah. knew nothing. Yeah. Nothing. So in '97, you guys packed up your two little kids and everything else that you owned, mm-hmm. and you moved to Mexico. Yep. Yeah with your dad Mm -hmm. what happened next well we started that uh, ministry and uh, the businessman that had been (laughs) supporting us was not so supportive did not like this idea Uh that we were following this route so dumped us completely we couldn't fly back we didn't know the language and our visas were we could stay in the country but we couldn't work they weren't work visas yeah they were like volunteer visas oh okay so we're like okay we can't fly home we don't have some church here to support us. Nothing. So we walk in the beach because we're right there in the beach of Rosarito. It's mm-hmm. just south of the, the border by border, uh, yeah. San Diego. We walk, walk in the beach. And I said, you know, we've been learning a lot about the prophetic because we had God had been really downloading so much about the prophetic and our process at the time. I said, well, why don't I take my dad's teachings? I can put them together in some courses And we could just start an online prophetic school. The only thing we've got to our names is a video camera and an internet connection anyway. Mm -hmm. Let's use what we got. And that was probably dial-up internet connection at that point. Yes, yes, it was dial-up. Yep. Yep. Mm -hmm. That old lovely sound. Yeah, yeah, that's the one. That's the one. one. No, so that's what we did. Online prophetic school. We launched our first online prophetic school in February of 99. Wow. Everybody thought we were heretics. Oh, yeah. Well, well, yeah. yeah. Heretics and crazy and there's... How are people going to find you? Exactly. This was pre-Google. This yep. was yeah. this was before things were out there and everybody had a ministry website. So mm-hmm. you guys were really cutting edge. Mm-hmm. How did people find you? What? How did this? How did this work? It worked like this: we spend anywhere from four to six hours a day in praise and worship. Yes, that's how it worked. Yep. Every day. Okay. Mm-hmm. Because we had no food. And at times, no electricity. Yeah. 
So we did what prophets do. We prayed and we mm-hmm. worshipped. And the Lord literally drew people to that little GeoCities website. Wow. They would literally stumble across it by accident. Yeah. Wow. People would have dreams. I mean, I've had it where somebody said, I saw this strange white lady and I dreamed about her and the Lord said, you need to go find her. She's your new mentor in the prophetic. Mm-hmm. Some people literally would get my name and the Lord would say, type that in. Wow. Yeah. We got our breakthroughs by praying, wow. by prayer and intercession, and mostly yep. by worship. We would literally worship hours and hours yep. and hours well, every single amazing. day. That's how people found us. Yep. That's amazing. Because if you would take that business plan to a bank to get a loan to start a business, <laughs> you would get laughed out. <laughs> yep. But thank God we're, we go from a different banking system with the sure. kingdom of God. Amen. And he owns the cattle on a thousand hills. And so. And he drew them to us. He and he, yeah. he, brought, he brought these people to us that just had such a, a passion. And yeah, $20 here, $50 here. Yep. They just started giving. At that stage, we didn't charge for anything. Wow. Because we're prophets, you know. Don't yeah. call yourself a prophet. You don't charge yeah. for anything. You know, freely if you see, freely give. Even though your children are starving, God provided. And you mm. know something he did, though? He did. He really brought people from all over the world to the point where we had our first workshop in Mexico. They flew in from Russia, from Switzerland, from Germany, and from all over the United States to come and meet with us. Yeah. In this tiny little Rosarito in the middle yeah. of nowhere. Wow. I mean, that's God. You can't make yeah. that stuff no. up. No. So, what were you feeling whenever, like, as people were about to come for this thing? You're like, is this really happening? Are people actually doing this? They're coming <laughs> right? to hear. They're coming to learn here. Yeah, yep. absolutely. Wow. It was, it it was just like, Lord, how did we get? If I if I knew this before we left South Africa. I would have called you a liar. Yeah. Mm. I mean, somebody had said, hey, you're going to go to a little place called Rosarito and people are going to bring Russians to you. I'd be like, psst. Yeah. Serious, legit, yeah. And then, and then there's the Swiss. There's this whole Swiss connection. You're gonna go to Switzerland. I'm here, like, do you know how far Africa is from the rest of the world, you guys? Uh-huh. Southern Africa, Africa, which yeah. is stuck there. You don't there get dangling. more southern than southern South Africa. Bottom. Yeah. Yeah. That's that's amazing. I mean. It, I'm glad that God doesn't tell us everything. Me too. Because he gives us bite-sized pieces. Because that's how you eat an elephant, one bite at a time. That's it. Um, it. If you try to eat the whole elephant, the the elephant will kill you. Um, So the same thing with the plans that God Mm -hmm. has for us. Amen. As frustrating as it can be to not see the whole picture, we just have to trust that God is the artist. And he is putting it all together. So you went from having these having this seminar to mm-hmm. now having a school. I mean, we're let's fast forward a few years mm-hmm. and kind of tell the, the rest of the story. Cause right now you guys are here in Orlando and we mm-hmm. get to actually be together in person, yep. but you're what my interaction with you guys has been through. You guys are also podcasters mm-hmm. on our network and you've got a team that's in South Africa. You've that's got a right. team in Mexico. You've got a, it, like everybody's joining in on mm-hmm. these zoom seminars to yep. learn about how to, that how to do the ministry and the podcast better. Um, how did God bring all these people to you? Because right now, I mean, I'm only talking with Craig and Colette, but in the room here is Nathan and Dalton and Michael, and they're kind of they're they're your team for mm-hmm. the podcast yep. for your podcast. Um, so, how did this thing grow from just the family <laughs> thing to now you've got a team mm-hmm. of people, a, a team of next gen prophets? Yeah. Well, for some of them, the Lord sent us out. 
yeah. we spent a lot of that's time true. in Europe. That's where we certainly uh, connected with Denise. Mm-hmm. And uh, as God sent us out, it's like he was very strategic in where he sent us. And we ended up bumping into these stragglers along the way. He sent us all the way back to South Africa mm-hmm. 17 years later mm-hmm. and uh, took us to this little church in the bluff Durban. Durban again in the little you know what good can come out of Nazareth what good <laughs> could come out of the bluff Durban we walked into this meeting and there were it was this little church having a meeting in a school hall and at the back of that hall was uh, this young man checking out my daughter uh-huh. who was uh, doing a the camera major. work for us and uh-huh. that's where we were picked up Michael yeah. and that's just very typical of what God yeah. did with us in those earlier years he would just send us to these random places we'd end up taking what we thought was a detour, mm-hmm. and boom, they would mm-hmm. be there. But there were others that the Lord literally dropped at our doorstep. As we um, started being more involved in the States, the Lord started um, having us set up ministry centers. The yes. first one um, in Valley Center, mm-hmm. in um, just outside of San Diego. And Chaifa, that was mm-hmm. where Chaifa came along for the yep. first time, Chaifa sure. Berry. Well, she's Chaifa Berry now. <laughs> um, she came to one of our workshops, and she said, you know, God tells me that that I need to stay. Two weeks mm. later, she was back, and yep. she moved in with us, and she stayed. Wow. Fast forward a little bit, another workshop. This time, we're in Descanso, California, and here comes Mr. Nathan Berry, mm. Mr. Loud, Mr. Proud, all the way from the Midwest. He's a hugger. He's mm. a hugger, yeah. and yeah, he's got the biggest and smile you ever. He's got so much attitude. Yep, yep. Again, he, you know, the Lord started bringing them to us. He came uh-huh. to us. He didn't leave. Yeah. No, they just, that happens. I mean, Dalton, same thing. We went to Fresno. We just yeah. got a little Fresno. Who even heard Fresno? Yeah, I picked up uh, two sons in Fresno, Austin and Dalton. Yeah. Yeah. And it's like they were very strategic places. God either literally dropped them at our doorstep. That's like amazing. Anne, Anne also ended up coming to visit her. Mm-hmm. Anne came because a friend dragged friend. her along. <laughs> and she just didn't leave. And it was like God made these connections. Yeah. In, in our podcast with Dr. Green, I said, you know, it's just kind of our grace. Mm-hmm. I wish I could tell you what the formula is. Right, right. But it is the grace that we walk in. We are the parents to the prophets. And yeah. God yeah. will literally just Bring connect next us to them or them to us in one way or the other they just kind of gather mm-hmm. yeah. wherever we go so god has g- gathered people to you mm-hmm. yep. to do what tell me about what you tr- how you train people because you have a vision and a goal for this next gen prophets yes, team because mm-hmm. it is not just about training up people to give nice and nice words <laughs> in different areas and make people feel good mm-hmm. no there way. is more to being a prophet than mm-hmm. than Mm-hmm. what you would normally think. Amen. So, let's talk about that. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Our passion is to accelerate the process that the prophet yes. goes through. Yes. Because until the prophet has been processed in the church, they are not the vessels that God needs to contain the anointing that's yeah. going to bring the change in this end times yeah. move. Mm-hmm. We've got the evangelists that are equipped and going out there, but the prophets have a job to do as well. Mm-hmm. And Craig said it so beautifully. Prophet, it's it's your responsibility to help God's people find a place to function within mm-hmm. the body and then to equip them to do it. Mm-hmm. And that involves a lot more than prophecy, but it is going to involve um, getting a word of knowledge, a word of wisdom Mm -hmm. what place do they belong in and to bring them into that face-to-face relationship with jesus so that they can continue to flourish in that place now you can't be so full of your own fear and your own wants and desires if you want to be a prophet because your eyes have to be on others to see where they belong in the church this is the Mm -hmm. function of the prophetic ministry and it's not being taught in the church you know um when you say the prophets are there
there. People think, oh, great, we're going to get prophetic words. Mm-hmm. No, prophets should be helping God's people find their place in the body. And then moving on to giving them a face-to-face relationship with Jesus. Mm-hmm. Prophets should be teaching the church to hear God for themselves. That's right. The church should not be dependent on the prophet for the Amen. word of God. Amen. But prophets aren't teaching that. Yep. And mm. so that's what our place is, yeah. is to mobilize this prophetic army that God is raising up in the same time. Yeah, you know, if I could just jump in, you yeah, know, please. for me, what I've realized where so many prophets have failed uh, to make their mark or to, to be in the position they need to be in the church is because they're not the right character. Mm. You know, you can have a, a person with great talent, great skill, and what have you, but if their character is abrasive, if their character is not right, they're going to get rejection. They're going to not mm. uh, get the doors open that they need to. Mm-hmm. And, you know, for us, we've seen that, having been prophets ourselves and having not been the right characters and, <laughs> you know, stepped into this environment and you gave your heart out, but because your character was wrong, it was taken in, in a wrong way. And, mm. that, and that rebuff and that rejection that comes upon you it's it's demoralizing you know Mm -hmm. as a prophet you you're trying to give the you're stepping out in fear anyway because you're speaking for god and you know if you're not speaking for god you're speaking your own will and your own and that's terrifying enough but then to speak for god and have that rejection come upon you it's even worse and it kind of causes so many prophets to mute their their Mm. prophetic voice and to not be the prophets they're called to be because of that fear of you know rejection and we realize that a lot of it is just because of character you know, it's the character of the prophet that we really, in our schools, try to encourage um, and, and try to bring out the best of. So that when they come into the church, that characteristic of a prophet that is going to be successful, that is going to speak for God, that is going to speak with authority and anointing, comes out before the, uh, the rest. And if we can get that right, we bring to the body of Christ mighty men and women like David had. And look what happened. I mean, look at the change that they could do in just a little time to the point where their names have been put in the Bible. Yeah. You know, and that's what we really want to see. We want to see the prophets just have their place of honor in the body because if they're in that place of honor, they're going to be facilitating and helping the rest of the fivefold be the mighty men and women of God that they need to be. And through that, the whole body is uplifted and mm. we will see the change that the Lord is trying to do. Amen. Yeah, I mean, you said about the mighty men, and that makes me think of David's mighty men. And, you know, David was a a king, but he was also a prophet. I mean, all throughout the Psalms, there's prophecy woven through that. And so it's interesting, as you're talking about this, and it's leading to the mighty men, and you read about who they are, they were in charge of different groups of, of other right. warriors and exactly. they were they were put in positions of authority but it was david who was doing that so as you guys are explaining this that's what i that's what's going through my brain right Absolutely. now and seeing that because david had that prophetic leading from the lord mm-hmm. he was able mm-hmm. to put the right guys in the right place so that they could accomplish the vision that god had it's spot on that's yeah. it I That's super it. cool. And they were all specialists, you yeah. know? Yeah, yeah, yeah. They were all specialists in their own right. And every prophet is. They each have their own uh, mandate, but they just don't realize it. One is one can kill a bear and a lion with his bare hands, you uh-huh. know? Another one has got the sword in his left hand. Each one is a warrior in their own right. Yes, it's yeah. our job as those spiritual parents and as those apostles to the help trainers, prophets yeah. see what their mandate is, what that, um, that weapon of warfare that God has given them specifically mm-hmm. is, so we can teach them to use it with the right character. Yeah. To do their job in the church. Amen. Tell me about character real mm-hmm. quick. Mm-hmm. I mean, this, this is something we could spend a lot of time talking about. Yes. But 
how important is character and what character do the people need to have to mm. in order to actually function as a prophet? You see, prophets feel a lot. Mm. Yeah. Now, if you meet a prophet, you will recognize that they might even wear their heart on the sleeve a lot. Mm. Let me give you, see if I can give you a case scenario. A prophet will walk into a church with hundreds of people and he will feel all the pain in that church. Mm. He will feel all the hunger of the people's hearts. He will feel their demonic bondages. He will feel their conflicts. Now consider how somebody who doesn't know that that's what they're sensing, hmm. consider how that person would behave. Wow. Okay. You don't know that that's what you're picking up. Now, for prophets who are early on and don't have the character, they don't get what they're sensing, mm -hmm. the Spirit of God comes upon them and they start feeling all this stuff. Mm -hmm. They're feeling angry. They're feeling hurt. They're feeling dejected, mm -hmm. and they don't know why, and they don't know what to do with it. So when they finally do open their mouths, they're not speaking with a whole lot of wisdom. Mm -hmm. When they see something that is wrong, it's not so much that they see something that is wrong in the church. They feel it. And when they open their beautiful, beautiful, big mouths to express <laughs> what they feel, if it's not, if they don't have the character that understands the grace that they're walking in, it comes out pushy. Yeah. It comes out rebellious. It comes out sounding angry sometimes. And it's especially rebellious. And, and for pastors who don't understand the prophetic grace, they're like, what is the matter with you? Why can't you calm down? Why do you have to be so dramatic? Why is everything going to be so intense with you all the time? Mm -hmm. And the prophet is so used to rejection because they don't get, but doesn't everybody else see it? Doesn't everybody mm. else feel it? No, prophet. Nobody else does. And that's why we need that character training to be yeah. able to discern the difference between what is demonic what is the spirit of God and what is the heart of man? Mm -hmm. And as we do, teach prophets to discern the difference. They, they start walking in a character of confidence, of knowing when to speak and how to speak to bring change in the church. Wow. So a lot of that character, I would say, is enveloped in wisdom. Mm -hmm. Mm. They have to learn to flow in wisdom and to nurture the gifts God's given them, but to express them in a way that people are able to receive them. Amen. And that's why you guys spend so much time in your schools mm -hmm. about character. Yes. Absolutely. Teaching yeah. prophets, helping them understand what they're going through. Yeah. Yeah, because, I mean, like I said, in, I love what you said, because for me in, in the beginning, it's overwhelming. And, you know, the thing is that as a prophet, sometimes you, if you're so overwhelmed with all of this, sometimes you even think it's the Lord mad at you. You know, mm. you can take it, you know, you got two ways. You got either, you know... People go overboard and they'll and they'll go and start attacking every pastor and doing this and that because they feel it. They feel the wrong. They feel the heart of Jesus and the grieving, or they think that the Lord is mad with them. So then they go on this whole thing and trying to figure out how to please the Lord and how to work on that, and it just causes so much mm. trouble, you know. And it's like, but if we can just get them right. Right at the beginning, you know, that's mm -hmm. why for us, it's like if we can get a prophet right at the beginning and we can just get them on the on the road and say, listen, you know, Colette wrote a book. I'm not crazy. I'm a prophet. And I tell you what, <laughs> we, we, we eventually, we eventually, because it was such a important book, we've got it free on our website. So it's like, you know, please just take this because you're not crazy. Uh -huh. You're just a prophet. Read this book and you will know that you're not bipolar. You're just a prophet, you know, <laughs> and it's like that's because that's our heart. When we were on this track, you know, it was you sometimes. 
sometimes feel like you're bipolar because you're feeling so much and you mm. you know wow. and it's like if we could just get them on the right track right at the beginning you see the potential and you see that anointing rise up in them so quickly yeah. you know and that's the thing just that first little step we say you know we tell people the calling is progressive you know we're not asking you to stand and prophesy to kings just start progressive and start with your little baby steps and wow. each little baby step will lead you to the point where god needs you to be in the higher rankings that you're going to get to amen amen the calling is progressive and we can take baby steps to get amen. to the goal yep and we can take baby steps in our walk with the Lord, mm-hmm. and He's just glad that we're moving forward with Him. Amen. But there is times in our lives where we don't realize that He is actually walking with us. <laughs> you know, that's what this, this whole theme of this podcast yep. is Amen. about, yep. how Jesus has been walking with us, but we just don't realize it. Mm-hmm. And like the road to Emmaus, the, the disciples were walking with Jesus, but had no clue that it was Him until they sat down at the table. Jesus blesses the food, breaks the bread, and then their eyes are opened and poof, he's gone. And they turn to each other in Luke 24, 32 and say, weren't our hearts burning within us along the way as he was revealing the scriptures to us? So I want to hear from you guys. What is a moment that you look back at now that you realize that Jesus was walking with you, but it didn't feel like it then? And how can we learn from that moving forward? (laughs) I think it was certainly for me when I was working in that steakhouse, thinking that I just had my whole life together and I was going to be in control and I was going to decide how I was going to go and I'd put Jesus on the shelf and I really thought that I'd been successful in that. Mm. And yet he was walking with me through every one of those hallways to every table. He was nudging me in one direction or another. When I look back, he knew exactly what I needed to get his message across. And that day, when Mm -hmm. I had to sit down on those drums... And go back there and open that door. It was like that experience with the disciples when suddenly, aha moment. Mm-hmm. Aha. So that's what you've been up to this entire time. Yeah. And I can only look back at these pivotal moments in my life mm-hmm. and say, whoa, had God not revealed himself to me in that moment, if he had not walked that through with me, what other path would I have chosen? Where would I be? You know what I love about that um, that illustration is that Jesus met up with them. They mm-hmm. didn't have to go seeking him. Amen. He showed up on their journey. Mm-hmm. And God showed up on my journey. Even when I decided to walk myself where I wanted to go, he came and met me on my road and walked with me mm-hmm. until the time was right for my eyes to be opened. Amen. Mm. I think mine would have to be... The day I realized that my own aspirations for my my life, my future, were not going to come to pass, you know. Hmm. Um, I'd gone to a technical high school. I was wanting to become an architect. My dad was a draftsman, and I loved the technical drawing side. And I thought, but what better gift to give somebody than to design a house that a family would live in and 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 that kind of thing so for me that was my desire to to draft houses and 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 be that and i'll never forget i uh, left high school joined college and oh boy within a short time my folks didn't have the finances um they thought i wasn't serious enough so they just up um, I I got I got a knock on the door one and one day in the classroom and the one of the heads called me out and said, "Listen, um, 
you know, you guys haven't paid, so, you know, you, you've got a choice. Call your parents. They need to make a payment, or I'm going to have to ask you to take your books and pack up and to leave. Wow. And so I called home, and I said, listen, guys, I've got this, you know, the, the, the guys calling me, telling me this kind of stuff. What's going on? You know, you know, can, can we sort this out? And my parents just flat out said, sorry, we don't have the money, and we're not prepared to give you the money. So... Mm-hmm. You can just imagine me with all my aspirations and dreams thinking that this is the, 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 you know, this is the heading I was going on because even in high school I was, I joined this, the, the building construction site. So this is my whole dream leading up to four or five years of dreaming. And, and, and right then and there, my parents over the phone just basically said, nope, come on home. And, uh, it was, it was devastating because I walked into that room. Everybody's looking to see what's going to go on. And I had to pick up all my stuff and walk out. And I knew that the minute I closed that door, that was it. I wasn't going to be an architect. I wasn't going to do my dream. But, you know, in hindsight, I realized God had a different architectural design for me. And that was to be the apostolic and to be mm. the prophetic and to, to lead this, this next-gen prophet uh, design. And I thank the Lord for it because... Although it was a crushing blow to my flesh and to my desires and my aspirations, you know, had I kept that, I don't think I ever would have had the, I would never had the courage to make that step to leave South Africa, you know, because it was tough enough when we left. I left my family behind. I left my aspirations behind of, you know, like she said, I got a very good job in, in the IT industry, um, I you know, home. And it was like I really had to make that choice again. But because I had been in that one and it had been so crushing because I had Jesus with me and he was now telling me it was easy to make it. Mm. And because of that, I would then be able to make the future ones too. Wow. You know? Wow. So, Craig, if you right now could go back in time in your timeline and visit yourself, maybe at that time (laughs) where you're getting called out by the principal Mm -hmm. and getting asked to Mm -hmm. leave school Mm -hmm. or another time in your life, and you could give yourself a piece of advice, Mm -hmm. what's going on in your life at that time? Mm, And what would you say? Right at that time, I was really trying to find myself. And actually, that's where it all came about. Because right after that is where the Lord opened the door for me to start uh, going to Spur. And I met her and that. It was like at that pivotal point, it was like make the right choices. You know, even though though you have aspirations and desires that you think you need to go. You know what? There are other avenues and there are other roads you can take that are far better even though you don't know it Mm. you know my ways are not your ways and that's the point is if we can trust the lord and even if we don't know the lord he will lead us in those ways you know even though i didn't know the lord he led me in a process that led me to meet colette which led me to to marry her to meet her father to walk into the prophetic to go to mexico Again, like I said, yeah. progressively, I made one step, and because of that one step, it led me to the next milestone, to the next step, and here wow. I am today, you know? So, you would just say, it's okay? Yeah. The plan's going to happen. <laughs> breathe. <laughs> breathe. Everything's going to be okay. Yeah, yeah. yeah. You know, tomorrow's another day, and yeah. you know what? Just get up and focus on what, you know, what comes at you and, and what's you know, what you can do, let yeah. go of the past, don't dwell on the past, mm-hmm. but focus on the future, focus on what you can do today, Amen. for tomorrow, and what will lead you to the future. Yeah. Colette, Amen. what about you? If you could go back in time and visit young Colette, <laughs> what would you say to yourself and what's going on? Mm, you know what, John? I don't think I would tell her a thing. <laughs> That's true. <laughs> I don't think I would tell her a thing because every mistake I made, 
every failure, every grace knee, every success has made me the woman that I am today. Mm. Has made me the leader I am today. And I needed to struggle sometimes mm. for the answers. I needed to not have the shortcut. Mm, I would stand there and I would watch her having her pity party and I would smile, saying to myself, girl, you ain't seen nothing yet. <laughs> <laughs> I think you're the first person that has actually said, I wouldn't say anything to myself. Yeah. I needed to go through all yeah. that yeah. to sure the same did. to the same extent. I think, mm-hmm. yeah, wow, that's that's. I can definitely see you saying that though, or, or just giving that, giving yourself that look. I would be like, yeah, that look, that look, that yeah. look. Yeah. stop feeling sorry yeah. for yourself. <laughs> oh my goodness, pity party, not included. Yeah, yeah. Uh-uh. yeah but it's it, you're so right though. Everything that you've gone through has led you to where you are today, has made you who you are today, and has Amen. really enabled you to teach and equip other people. Mm-hmm. So that they too can be part of the call of God on their lives to help the body of Christ as a whole. You said something earlier, and I made mention that this is going to be your homework for listening to this uh, episode. You talked about writing, journaling. 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 Yes. Yes, Could could you guys explain this homework assignment that I'm now giving to our our listeners? Because I want you to to do this today before you go to bed that you can hear from God. I promise you this you can hear from God. God. And right Spoil. now, Craig and Colette are going to give you some easy Very steps yep. on how you can do this and what's next after that. All right. So you're paying attention here. Uh-huh. Good. I want you to grab yourself a pen and paper or I want you to get your computer. For those of the, you, you that are driving, mm-hmm. you could probably use your phone or something to record. Mm-hmm. In fact, you can journal maybe, out loud. Maybe pull over safely pull over. first. Yeah. Yeah. Please safety yeah. first. Yes. Because if, if, if you start resting in the spirit and you're on yeah, I-4, that would yeah. not be a good you thing. You know yeah. what? No, no, Listen no, to yeah. Brother John yeah. there. Yeah. Yeah. Pull over. Safety is Hear important. the word yeah. of God. Yeah. Pull the car over. Yeah. 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 All right. Go ahead. Okay. So journaling, the way we teach it, is a conversation with the Lord in writing. And every single believer can do it. And it starts like this. Begin with a direction. Know what you want to ask God. Okay, you guys have been listening to this podcast. Did you notice how John kept asking us a very specific direction and a very specific question? Now, if I'd suddenly taken his question and gone off on my own tangent, it would be a bit rude. Or if he had asked me a question and I and I just gave him something else, it would also be rude. Don't be rude in your conversation with Jesus. And don't expect that he's just going to dump a word on you. No, it's a polite conversation. Mm, so come to the Lord with something very specific. Father, what's happening with my finances? Lord, mm. I'm struggling because I'm sick. Father, what should I do about this job? Should I move? Be be as specific yes. as possible and try and keep it to one thing at mm-hmm. a time, especially at the beginning. And pour your heart out. Really add your emotion, add the drama, get real legit with the Lord, okay? You know, I find it even helps to just express some of my struggle. Like, for those of you who are having marital struggles, Lord, I'm really battling with my wife. I'm really battling with my husband. I don't know what to do. I, I what should I do in this situation? I'm frustrated. I'm angry. I'm bitter. I don't want to be help. Get real. Mm. Then you're going to stop. Get it all out. And then you're going to stop. And you're going to listen. Now, some of you, you might feel little words bubbling up from deep inside of you. For the others who are more prophetic, you're going to perhaps see a picture in your head. Mm. Okay? But I want you just to keep real still. And then... If you see a picture in your head or you're feeling words, I want you to write it down. Now, this is very important. When you write those words down, 
I want you to write them as if the Lord is the one who's doing the speaking. Now, it might feel a bit awkward at first. If you haven't done this before, you might feel like you're lying. It's okay. You will not be sent to hell if you miss it. (laughs) Breathe. The Lord understands and He knows your heart. So, say now, I've come to the Lord. I've given him my marriage, and as I just am sitting there quietly, I see the storm. I see this picture of the storm in my mind, or maybe I feel the storm inside. And so how do I verbalize that? Let's think about it. How can we verbalize that together? My child, I know that you are in a storm at the moment and that you can't see things very clearly. But don't worry. My son will shine once again, and I need you to hold on. I need you to keep fighting until the sky's clear. And when they do, you'll see exactly what I did in the darkness. Hmm. It's that simple. Now, the first time you do it, the first words you write, it might feel a bit awkward. And it does help if you have somebody who's been along the way that can hear the voice of the Lord, that can vet it for you. We have a lot of teaching on this on our site, so I'm not going to go too deep. I just want to say... Guys, it's you and Jesus. Go mess up. (laughs) Can I please give you permission? No, seriously, because I came from that holiness movement. I, I, I was under such pressure all the time to just always be perfect. And Jesus knows you're messed up. Mm-hmm. You know you're messed up. Mm-hmm. So that sounds for a very good conversation to me. Yep. It sounds like you could get down with Jesus and be like, okay, I'm mad. I'm mad. I'm frustrated. Good. Get real with him. Yes. Because the more real you get with him is the more real he's going to get with you. That's so, so good. Yeah. Share that struggle. And then the first words or pictures that come up out of your spirit, write it down and keep going until you suddenly feel like the flow stops. Mm-hmm. Mm. You can do that back and forth, and I encourage it. Craig and I teach our students to time. do this on a daily day. basis. Yeah. Yeah. Have a conversation with Jesus today, you guys. You know, and just to let more experienced ministers and that let you know, this is a cheat for you too, because, you know, Colette and I use this sometimes before we go into a ministry session where we, we've got a person coming and they've given us a, you know, a, counsel session hey i've got a problem with this you know we can go to the lord and say lord please uh, what is the direction you want us to go mm-hmm. what is this you know how can we help this person and you know sometimes you give us some directions right away so when we're coming into this ministry session we already have a direction to work with and as we work with them and and you know we start getting more information we know how to direct that ministry time to help them you know we do this when we're going to minister you know it's yeah. sermon sermon podcasting whatever we'll say okay lord what do you want we got the subject that we want to talk about or we know the people need to talk about give us some notes give us your emphasis on this preach and you know what he'll give it to us and then we flesh those out and we make our our ministry uh, sermon notes and stuff Mm -hmm. like that it's really it's powerful guys if you get this down it is such a powerful tool to help you in every area of your life you know that's the thing I love doing this myself. I do it. I try to do it on a regular basis, but I'll just be honest. I don't do it nearly as much as I <laughs> as I should. Yep. And um, it so helps me. Mm-hmm. And so I want to just encourage you, everybody that's listening, to take that time. Mm-hmm. Make it a priority. Ask mm. Jesus a simple question. Keep it focused. Keep it simple. Yep. Then just journal. Write down what you feel God might be saying to you. Mm-hmm. And it's okay if you miss it. That's yes. It. Take it to a friend who is more experienced in this and pray through it. Amen. And then act on whatever God says to do. Amen. Yes. Ooh, yeah. Final yes. and most important yeah. step. Yeah. Because yeah. it's not just about 
hearing something you gotta do something we it's gotta not put, an FYI yeah yeah it's not a for your information it is a, God is gonna give you something to do yep. and that'll help you accomplish the goal that he's given you mm-hmm. amen and so I am just so blessed to be with you guys <laughs> in you person. Stop, you <laughs> got you got stuff out of us. I don't think any other host got yeah, out of yeah, us, John. Really? I'm like, ooh, yeah, he yeah, went places. You guys got the yeah. skinny here. <laughs> oh well, I am so glad that we actually get to be in person. We get to yes. do this in person, and cool. this isn't over Zoom or anything like this. <sighs> no, these live it's, ones are better. It's so great to be with your team yeah, and yeah. to just spend some time worshiping with you guys before this interview. Oh, yeah. And it is just an absolute pleasure to that you've allowed me to join you along your way well i look forward to the future i think we've got a pretty good friendship going here absolutely i would love a few more of these absolutely (laughs) very good thanks for having us john i hope that you enjoyed my conversation with craig and colette toach and that you followed the directions that colette gave to hear god speak to you that practice is life-changing and will help you hear god's voice as you develop that practice I am so glad for my friendship with the Toaches and their Next Gen Profits team. I'll be providing all of their info in the show notes. Thank you for listening to Along the Way. If you've enjoyed joining me along my way, please share this with a friend who you think will be encouraged by this podcast episode. Also, please rate and review Along the Way on iTunes. That helps more people discover Along the Way. And subscribe to this podcast wherever you're listening. You can follow me on Facebook, Instagram, and through my website, alongtheway.media. If you want to support me in this podcast, I have a Patreon page. The link to become a supporter is also in my show notes. I hope that you've enjoyed this part of my journey. And may you realize when Jesus is walking with you along your way. Along the Way is honored to be part of the Charisma Podcast Network. You can find tons of spirit-filled content from their vast catalog of podcasts, including my Monday through Friday news stories for the Charisma News Podcast. Go to cpnshows.com to see the full list and latest episodes.